All right, is this episode Metal Roller Skater Girl? No. No, I, I almost called it Study the Misunderstood, though that is, after all, what's misunderstood by you, not what's misunderstood by everybody. Some things are more easily understood by some people than others, um, like genres of music or genres of art uh, or just, you know, whole topics or categories like, you know, math class versus science class type stuff. No, this is the number one case study for artists and I discovered it just a little while ago and it's been, uh, it's been a very fun idea for me to think over, so I hope you enjoy. So I was talking to myself, my past self from a week ago, and, and he said, beauty is subjective, excellence is not. And I don't really agree with that anymore. Um, not because beauty isn't subjective, beauty is subjective, but I've really found that there's instances where excellence is subjective. But the, the real thing that bothers me here with this is that like on paper, written down on paper, it would seem that there is a most excellent path to take in art, in business, in life, in marriage, in whatever. Um, there's, it, there's just the most efficient or the most optimized path. And I do often like to think in those terms. That's what you try to do basically every day. But I've learned that that's not fair. Not everybody, I've learned, is capable of the same level of excellence. And so what's excellent for somebody else might be a completely different level of excellence for you. Yeah, like not everybody is, is just born in the same playing field. And specifically talking about art now. If you want to be excellent at art, you're not just like born everyone starting equal and equally talented, equally skilled, whatever, and then you just move up from there based on the time you put in, the effort you put in. No. Some people are born, it would seem, just more, just better, just better, more talented at certain things. They, they start with more ability. And I don't know why that is. Yeah. I don't know if it's just genes or, or what. Yeah. Um, but it definitely seems to be true. And I'm sure a lot of people were angry with me when I was a kid and I was like, I didn't believe in talent. Um, you know, yeah, and I'm like, this isn't skill. talent, this is skill. I spent an hour developing this every day on piano and whatnot. No, piano always made sense to me. It always did. And I recognize that now. And I think this isn't about you comparing yourself to others. It's about you comparing yourself to you. That, that's the lesson tied up in this. Like excellence is you being the best that you're able to be, not, yeah. not in comparison to where somebody else is. Not one sheet of paper somewhere that has written on it the most excellent thing. Right. And then it's like, well, that means I need to do that to be excellent. No, you need to, I guess, develop and learn more about yourself and figure out what you're capable of and then push yourself. Mm -hmm. And... And then you can be as excellent as you can be, I You guess. can be or as you want to be. And so that, that's it. That's just it, you know? I don't agree with my old self. And that's been a very valuable development for me. Um, not all creators are equal in talent. 
So then that gets me thinking, what do we create for? There is a consumer out there that we create for. Mm -hmm. At least I do. Not every artist has a consumer that they're thinking about. They might be creating for themselves. A lot of artists will probably scoff at the idea of creating for somebody else rather than just, just make it for yourself, man. Yeah, yeah. And so this is maybe, you know, for the artist that is aware of his consumer right. or her consumer. And creating things maybe a little bit tailored to that for your own success or, or whatever. It's good to know not every consumer has equal taste. And so that's where we're at with this episode right here is that not every creator is equal in talent and not every consumer is equal in taste. So uh, last thing in my big spiel here, I was at a roller rink the other day. Okay. Because okay, I'm, I'm way too tall and awkward and I just love to flail around and show that off at a roller rink with wheels attached to my feet. You're just living your 70s dream. Yeah, yeah. This girl I was roller skating around with said that her favorite music was metal, her favorite genre. And I've had this preconceived notion kind of that people that love metal music, considering they're nobody that, that I know, those people are out there somewhere, but it's nobody that I've met, at least that I knew about. They must be different somehow. <laughs> no offense to metal music fans. Yeah, it's just never made all that much sense to me. Yeah. Especially, you know, growing up. I've actually already grown quite a bit in this area. But, like, how do you love it's metal one, music? It's one of those genres that, like, actually a lot of people will kind of uh, think to themselves, how does anybody like that? But a lot of people do enjoy it. Well, here's this thing. I'm, I'm roller skating with this girl that seems really cool actually um she's a vet right and and then she's like like, like a veterinarian yeah takes care of animals yeah and, and she's like my favorite genre is metal and then that hits you across the face <laughs> and you're like what are you talking about so i actually accepted the news way better than that it wasn't even news it was right. just interesting <laughs> yeah. i didn't know what to do with uh, myself for seven weeks you know, for whatever reason on this podcast episode i'd come across like metal is like horrible yeah um, it's not i asked her why yeah because i was the just natural curious question like what is it that you like about metal mm -hmm. she said that uh because of the energy that it gives mm -hmm. the the electric guitar parts the riffs they they energize you and that tells me as an artist that her as a consumer is after that feeling and isn't that what we're all after mm -hmm. as consumers? We want to feel something. Yeah. When I listen to Coldplay, it's because I love the way that it makes me feel. I, I could put into words, maybe not right now because I haven't thought about it, but like what those feelings are and you could categorize them and, and maybe really pin down why you like things that you like. Yeah. But here she is saying why she likes metal and I thought that can be useful information why she likes that, what feelings she's after as an artist, uh, really useful information, at least for us to share on the podcast. Right. So when you feel, when you learn that the reason she likes metal is because of the energy it gives, then you think about the reason why you like Coldplay because of the way it makes you feel. You can see there's like a crossing between those two where like the feeling that Coldplay gives you or just any band that someone else might like gives them, that's still to a degree it's it's, it's energy it's 
Um, it's it's excitement. It's a feeling. It's a vibe. It's yeah. It, it's something that gives you a reason to care about the music, and so it's an experience. It's an experience, and yeah. so that's something that's valuable that you could learn in opening yourself up, opening up doors to things that you don't typically enjoy or maybe you just don't understand. You can learn that there's an importance in that, even in the music that we make, even if it's not metal music, like the performance that we give, even if it's like an acoustic song or if it's just a different genre altogether, um, still has to have uh, energy in the sense that uh, people who are listening have to feel like it matters. But yeah, so that's kind of one of the values that you can have of being able to take things from things that you don't find value in things that you don't typically enjoy. Uh, if you know that other people actually do, you can learn from those other people what's good about it and learn how to implement it into your own art that you create. Yeah, there's that, and that's really good. There's also this idea I love of, you know, you might not like metal, yeah, but they say why they like it. It's for that energy. It's It's for that thing that they're trying to feel. And I think you have your own stuff that you are just predisposed to liking. Like you might be a happy person most of the time and the art you make is happy. But you're like, I don't wanna just make happy art. Mm -hmm. And I think understanding why other people like the things that they like, like making that your case study as an artist. Since after all, a bit of my definition of what it means to be an artist is that people are my case study and I want to analyze feelings and I want to be able to tap into feelings. I want to be able to make people feel certain things. Because you want to be able to resonate with more people. Yeah, yeah. Well, in my own music, you know, if I'm basically just playing on a guitar most of the time and it's kind of neutral, it's not exciting, it's not energetic, it's not driven it's probably not gonna make someone feel anything, but it's not the guitar's fault. Right. It's what I wrote into it. Yeah. Um, me it, just, can, it can be what you wrote into it or it can just be your performance itself. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if I were to take that guitar and I were to drive into it with my thumb, if I were to do a different picking pattern that is a driving picking pattern moving forward and you know, the chords and whatnot are right, yada, yada, um, the lyrics are fine, but without that drive, I'm not, I'm not embodying any sort of feeling for people. And so it's, yeah, what are these things that I can kind of categorize that are movers, that move people? You know, there's that aspect that's really, really important about analyzing why other people like things. But there's also like, again, back to the happiness thing. If you, if you make happy stuff, but you'd like to make sad stuff as well, like you'd like to have that ability just for your own sake as an artist. I think the answer there is that it helps a lot to study, not just sad art, but like why people like sad art so that you can put that why into your work yeah not to and not just why you think people like sad art but actually asking people why they do yeah all that sort of stuff like you you wrote a song that was uh we haven't released yet but it's a very sad song uh and i remember when you wrote it my first reaction was uh there's nothing uplifting about that like why why would you end it that way and you're, it, it, you had a great response, which was basically, 
the people that feel this way don't feel anything uplifting about it. And I'm not they writing, don't feel closure. I'm not writing to preach to them to feel uplifted. I'm writing so that they feel heard. Yeah. And that's really good. But I only got there because of these conversations with people. Right. I don't know if you're talking about the, the song about suicide, yeah, that's which the one. that came from having conversations with people that were struggling with suicide and also knowing two people in my life that have committed suicide yeah. and thinking it would be a disservice, I feel, to just start the song sad to get the point across of what it's about and then end it happy to go, hey, the obvious answer here is that you can just feel better. Yeah. Or whatever or that happiness wins so that that'd be like you just missed everything that i'm feeling it's it's kind of belittling their experience and their reality to just superimpose mine on it and showing that i don't understand what it's like to be in their shoes yeah. and as an artist i love the the maturity of the idea of being able to get into somebody else's shoes mm -hmm. that's that's what this whole episode is about mm -hmm. and it feels elusive it feels like as much as i talk about it I'm having a hard time grasping that main yeah, point. Yeah, keep like kind of skirting around the edge of it. But, you know, so I'm, I'm sorry to anyone listening. You might have to like go through and like take notes on what the actual bullet points were. Because it's just, this is something that is hard to explain because it's something I feel. And I'm, and I'm sold on the idea that it could help artists everywhere, especially if you're one of those that's aware of your consumer. Mm -hmm. This could this could really not only broaden your consumer base, but help you stand out from your own competition of artists because you are somebody that just has these abilities that the other guy doesn't have mm -hmm. to connect. And to do what you're saying, the artists that learn how to connect with the most amount of people that resonates with the most amount of people are the ones that make art that I think we can all kind of universally agree is good because there there are is art that you know some people say it's due to marketing it's due to whatever but there is some art some music that you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody who says that it's not good no but that's a that's a really good point that 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 stuff is maybe what helps build what feels like timeless art to certain groups of people if you're able to make something that makes a group feel affirmed that makes a group feel heard um, and that should probably be the conclusion, but there's one last thing I really feel like saying, and yeah. it's, it's that we talk a lot about music, but examples even in painting is that like, again, to say that maybe like the girl in the roller rink, you're trying to create something that brings in energy. What if that has to do with your colors that you put on the canvas? How contrasty they are to each other? Um, your brush strokes how striking they are or how confident your brushstroke is. I don't have a confident brushstroke. I try sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's more of the idea that, you know, you put paint on your brush and say you're gonna make a circle. If you were to put your brush down on the canvas and you just do the circle, that was a confident <laughs> approach to that circle. But if you're gonna go dab, 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 oh, dab, dab, okay. dab, so you all the way like around a, the circle. Like a sketch. Yeah. Okay. Um, but even in sketching, right, there are people that have confident, quote unquote, brushstrokes with their pencil of like, they just, they go, they go right at it and they just go, bloop, circle. Huh. They do it as opposed to like, sketch, 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 sketch. Right. And that's each little thing about what you do. If you start to break it down and figure it out, it affects, it affects your work of like, what emotions do these 
tackle? What feelings do these convey? Yeah. Um, I think that there's a, a different feeling, a different message behind confident art in that sense, or right? But that that's and canvas that, that's painting, ta- and that's kind of you knowing the why behind what you create, the the reason why you're making what you make, the reason why you make the, your decisions, uh, even if that reason is just it feels good. So there's that music, and there's painting on a canvas, and there's public speaking, and there's being a math teacher, and there's any sort of thing that could be thought of as an art, as something you could be excellent at. And I love this idea of, of kind of categorizing what there is to understand about it. Who is it that you're trying to connect with? How do you best connect with them? How, do, how does your posture change, you know, if you're teaching a class? Your posture when facing the class or when facing the board or whatnot or the way you speak. It's like all of these things can be tapped into. And I find that not everybody thinks that way, not because they're not able to think that way. This, this way of thinking, I think, can be learned by anybody. And so I just, I loved the idea of, I don't know, us just taking this opportunity to share this idea, maybe help people grow their awareness of this way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like super analytical. Yeah. I like this. I, I'm, not, I'm not successful really yet, right. <laughs> but I feel that it's these sorts of things that, that help me be on the right path. Yeah, that have set your trajectory to, yeah. to get there. Yeah, and, and really if we are an artist, not just creating for ourselves, but creating for a consumer, is there anything better than making them a case study and asking them questions? Yeah. Understanding who it is that you're trying to connect with. Yeah. Going and learning more about them. Friends, we've reached the end of the episode. I hope that you got something from it. Uh, We had a good time talking, talking about all this. Go find the YouTube version where we filmed it. If you like watching things and you want to see this episode for a second time, Or, more practically, I guess, go listen to our music if you haven't done that before on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, wherever you like to listen to music, it's, it's probably on there. And we have Instagram and TikTok, fun things on there all the time that you should go check out. Thank you for tuning in.